You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. And I am Dylan Reinhardt. And we are back here at Pius XII Newman Center here in Brookings, South Dakota. It's been a wonderful day talking about some great topics everywhere from chastity to involvement on the college campus here at the Newman Center. And now we have Cody McEnany, who is my teammate and my roommate right here and right now, a first-year missionary um, from Georgia that is serving, yeah, like I said, his first year on mission with Focus. Cody, how are you doing, man? Doing great. That's for good. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Cody. Who are you? Where are you from? All that fun stuff. Yeah, so my name is Cody McNinney. Um, I'm from Athens, Georgia, um, home of the Bulldogs. They just won the championship. Let's go, dogs. Um, <laughs> about 18 hours from home, uh, being in Brookings. Um, I am a recent convert. I got confirmed in the Catholic Church during the start of COVID, mm. so a little less than two years ago. Um, I went to a small school called Georgia College, got my undergrad in exercise science and my master's in athletic training. Um, yeah. Uh, family, brothers. Family. I got a younger brother, actually at the University of Georgia right now, mm. getting his master's. Um, I am the only one in my family who is practicing Catholic. Uh, mm. My dad technically is a Catholic, but not really practicing. Mm. Um, and my grandfather is a, goes to Mass on Sundays, yeah. so he's... He's really the only other one. Um, everyone else, especially being on the southeast, is kind of like in that Bible belt of yeah, not a denominational um, Christian. But um, mm. yeah, it's definitely a shock for my conversion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh. So we're going to dive right into it, man. I want to be able to hear and to share with our listeners your conversion story into the faith. Um, so yeah, let's take us through this testimony of how you came into the Catholic faith, man. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in a Methodist church. I was christened, I believe is the correct term, which I think is an infant baptism. Still haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> um, and I got went through confirmation when I was in fifth grade through the Methodist church. We moved, I was in Conyers, and we moved to Athens when I was in seventh grade, right before seventh grade. Mm. And I stopped going to church for a while. Um, eventually, junior year of high school, I got invited by one of my friends to a Baptist church, and I got baptized um, kind of accepted the Lord for the first time for real, I guess, in my own heart at that point. It kind of showed up a lot. Mm-hmm. Kind of thought like my faith was more about what can I do? What, what do I have to do to, to earn God's love? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got to college, I started going to a, uh, to Wesley, which was our like Methodist. It was, we had a, it was non-denominational Methodist. It was through the Methodist church, but I, I went to Wesley on Wednesdays, and that was kind of my church that I went mm. to um, for the first, gosh, that was 2014 through 2020, um, really, 2019. And I ended up becoming a leader there. I was a men's ministry intern um, for three years, two and a half years, because my third year I became Catholic. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, I, uh, I was kind of church hopping everywhere. I've been to probably seven or eight different churches in Milledgeville alone, which is where my school was. Um, Presbyterian, a um, bunch of non-denominational, Baptist, Methodist. Um, didn't really, I still don't really understand the differences between all of them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think most people do. But yeah, so I was coming in. It was, tw- it was the start of 2020. Um, so I, this is my, um, I guess 2019 I started grad school. 2019 mm-hmm. summer I started grad school. So I, I started hanging out with this guy um, 
and he's just his name was Marty. Uh, we played we played games together once a week, and he invited me to trivia nights. So I started going to trivia nights every Monday night um, in the fall semester of 2019, and started getting around these these other people. I knew he was Catholic. Um, I actually used to think that Catholics were not Christians. I actually would tell people to their face if they were Catholic that they were going to hell. Um, a lot of ignorance for sure um, that's mm. being taught in the world about Catholicism, but. Uh, God, it's got the last laugh. So <laughs> I ended up going on break, and I was introduced to Exodus 90. Mm. Mm. And wow. if you don't know who that, that, what that is, I encourage you to look it up. Um, it's a 90-day Lenten fast, um, pretty pretty hardcore fast for dopamine. Mm. Um, it's dopamine fast. So I started on January 13th, which was a Monday, which is the first day back at school. And I remember I was at Trivia with a bunch of people, and one of the guys got up and he said, good luck on your Exodus, gentlemen. And I was like, I started it not knowing anyone in it. And he said, good luck on your Exodus. And I was like, wait a second, you mean Exodus 90? He's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, how do you know what that is? I was like, well, I'm doing it too. He's like, really? He's like, are you Catholic? I was like, no. <laughs> and he goes, are you guys Catholic? He's like, yeah, all eight of these guys who are doing Exodus 90 are Catholic. And I'm like, oh, I have I not known this for six months. This is interesting. Cool. And so, I, and I got introduced to the missionaries at my campus. Um, and I definitely was like, man, these guys are weird. Like never, never really experienced a missionary outside of like a third world country kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, that was my experience, my thought process. But through that, I, uh, started hanging out with these guys and started asking some questions to poke at what they believe. Cause I didn't really believe like we worship Mary and we mm-hmm. you know, do all these things mm-hmm. that are just not correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Cause I've been told them through someone else who's not Catholic. Um, and I, I started to, um, a couple weeks after we started Exodus 90, um, and I had been praying for about three years, about an hour a day for three years before this. Like, I, I had a pretty avid prayer life as a non-denominational Christian. Um, but I, I ended up one night, I wasn't able to pray my holy hour, or eight, an hour, we were praying a holy hour through Exodus 90. So, and my buddy inv- invited me to pray in the chapel about 10.30 at night. And our Newman Center. Now, our Newman Center back there was not a building. It was a house. Um, it was very creepy. <laughs> not going to lie, especially at night as well with no lights. And I ended up going in there. Um, I didn't turn the lights on. And I'm sitting in this tiny room. Um, and there's this gold box with a, with a candle on it. And uh, this table. And there's a crucifix up there. Um, I'm just like so ignorant. <laughs> it's just, I sit down and lights are off. So all I got is the candle. And as I sit down, I immediately feel this demonic presence surround me. Mm. Um, and at first it kind of freaked me out. And I sat in it a little bit. And I recognized, like, I could hear these voices. Like, I, I could hear, like, you know, like the whispers and stuff. Like, not actual voices, but like whispers. And as I sat there, I recognized that these, like, these voices were afraid to get close to me. Mm. It was almost like they were outside of the room, like they wanted to get in, but they couldn't. Mm. Um, And I felt very safe. And then all of a sudden, I'm on this old wooden boat. Um, I am surrounded by a massive storm. I cannot see in front of me. And we, um, I'm sitting in the middle of this boat, just crisscross. I have no idea who the captain is. I have no idea who, um, I have no idea where we're going, um, no idea how long it's going to take. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, okay, I'm supposed to be here. And then I woke up, and you know, I've never had imaginary prayer before. So 
it was kind of like, okay, I fell asleep for 45 minutes of that prayer. That's all right. We're not going to say anything to anybody. It'll be okay. <laughs> um, this was interesting. I don't know if I want to come back. And I remember <clears throat> this is Monday night again. And Wednesday night we had our Wesley, um, our Wesley meetings. And we always do uh, prayer before our sermon or worship. I don't know what the service. There we go. And I'm with my roommate, <clears throat> who's also an intern, and we're told to pray over each other. First time in three years, we're told to just pair up and pray with each other. And I pray with him, and as I finished up, he says, yeah, he's like, why are you praying over me? I got this image of you on a boat. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I said, no, you didn't. Don't lie. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's like, you were surrounded by this massive storm, um, and you had no idea where you were going, but you were working consistently because you trusted in its destination, because mm. uh-huh. you needed to keep the boat afloat. And I was like... What? <laughs> like, obviously, hearing that, I never, I didn't tell anyone. So I was like, okay, God, what do you mean here? So I started to show up at the chapel more. And this is about like beginning of February. And I started going to the chapel every day. And I could see all these Catholic students coming in, genuflecting at this box. And uh, it's like, what is this box? What is this thing? Um, <laughs> it's like, I don't know what's genu- what they're genuflecting to. But, um, yeah, they, I could see the reverence, and I, and I really appreciated the reverence, something that we don't, we don't really have in, in the non-Catholic world, in all honesty, um, non-Catholic Christian world. Um, and I kept at, and that's when I started asking real questions. I was like, okay, like, why, why am I a non-denominational Christian? Why am I not Catholic? Like, why, like, is this actually right? Like, what is, what is the truth? I was seeking the truth, and... I got invited to a retreat weekend. <coughs> Excuse me. And a lot of things happened for this to happen because I was in clinicals and I couldn't exactly get off a weekend. And something happened and we lost like four games on that one weekend, so I didn't have to go. And I ended up showing up. And when I showed up, my missionary told me, pray for a sign you can't misinterpret. I'm like, I am the only non-Catholic guy in this entire 150 group of people that's, <laughs> you're telling me to pray for the biggest sign possible. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll do it, whatever. Next morning, it's a Saturday morning, we, uh, we had mass, my first mass, and I remember during the consecration, my heart felt like it wanted to leave my body. It was mm. pounding. Mm. I was like, it sounded like a drum, and I felt like no, like everyone could hear it. Um, and I had a Fitbit at the time, so I was check- I checked my heart rate often. And I was like, okay, I'm nervous. I've never had a blessing before. And I'm looking at my heart rate, and it's below resting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, okay, that's not <laughs> normal. Um, and I, so, again, proceeded to ask more questions to the priest there and um, the brother that was there. And we had adoration that night. And during adoration, we had a two-hour adoration, um, I saw people going up to the monstrance and I, and. This is my second adoration. My first adoration, my, uh, my buddy told me it's basically Jesus on a stick, which is not a good, it's not really a good <laughs> depiction of it. But we're looking at Jesus, I guess, this piece of bread, this shiny object. And I'm, I'm asking, like, hey, can I, can I go up there? Like, what do I do? I don't know anything. Like, take my shoes off. Do I bow? Mm. And <clears throat> he's like, he didn't really answer me. And I was like, oh, thanks. And uh, I ended up looking at him like 10 minutes later. I was like, all right, screw it. I'm going up. Mm. And I mm. went up there. And as I went up there, I took, you know, I took my shoes off and I bowed. Um, and I'm just on my knees in front of the monstrance, just arms stretched wide. Mm. And I'm kind of like in this position where it was very prideful. Like I wanted to prove that I knew what I was doing and how to pray mm. in front of all these Catholic people looking mm. at me. Um, and I'm up there and I'm like, Jesus... 
this does not feel like like a Christian at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this feels very ritualistic, like very um, not good, not holy. Mm-hmm. And, and I need you to like you're. I know I'm praying for it. I had this King David mentality to kind of go up and um, pray for pray for the sign, but yeah. still find it right. You have to mm-hmm. seek it out. Um, yeah, I'm gonna pause you right here. We're going to leave everyone on a cliffhanger here. We've got to go to a break here. Um, so we're going to go to a break, and when we return, we're going to hear the rest of Cody's testimony and his experience with the Eucharist coming up. So thank you so much. We'll see you here in a little bit after the break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. If there is a merciful God, how can he allow such suffering? I'm Father Chris Alar. God took his greatest risk in giving you his greatest gift, free will. He risked that you may choose not to love him and to hurt your neighbor. But even then, God wants to bring a greater good out of evil. There is no worse evil than a creature nailing his creator to a tree. Yet God brought a greater good from it, your redemption. God doesn't want you to suffer, but he allows it. Why? Because your suffering can also be redemptive when you share in the cross of Christ. It is not easy, but when you learn how, it changes everything. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. I'm Teresa Curley. And I'm Dylan Reinhardt. And before the break, we were just talking to one of the focus missionaries here at South Dakota State University, Cody McEnany, um, about his journey into the Catholic faith. And we had just left off with him at a retreat, getting ready to approach Jesus in the Eucharist in the monstrance. So, Cody, we're going to throw it back to you and let you continue where you left off. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> we were at adoration um, on our retreat weekend, Saturday night. And it was, you know, two, two and a half hour adoration time. And I see all these people going up. So, I ended up choosing, you know, King David, like praying for victory, but still going to battle. So, praying for this sign. And I got I to... Gotta, 
actually find it. There it is. Let's see if it's real. So now I'm up before the monstrance, and I'm on my knees, and I'm kind of prostrate. I'm spread out, um, trying to look good for everyone behind me, in all honesty. Very prideful. Mm. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I just have to prove that I do. So I'm looking at this monstrance up and down. I'm looking at this piece of bread. <clears throat> and I'm like, Jesus, I need you to prove to me this is real, because this does not feel real to me. Mm. Um, like, I feel like I'm worshiping bread right now. And... Um, in that moment, and I was just kind of sitting there for a little bit, my hands, and I can't, I've never described it any other way, but my hands were magnetized to the base of the monstrance. And I, I couldn't move. Now, I understand now that you really shouldn't touch the monstrance. <laughs> Did, I didn't know it then. Um, but I am stuck on the base of the monstrance, and I cannot move. And... I'm trying to break free and I'm, I'm freaking out. My, I'm starting to cry and like I put my head down and I'm just looking kind of like at the ground and I'm like, Jesus, like I can't explain this. I don't know what is happening. I, I don't know why this is happening. This is really weird. But Lord, this doesn't prove anything. I need you to show me something real. <laughs> and in that moment, um, I felt a hand come under my chin and lift me up. And now I'm looking straight at the Eucharist. And I, I, see, I see the face of Jesus. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, for the first time in my life, I felt completely wanted. completely known and completely loved like every cell in my body was completed like it had what it needed and at that point you know I'm just jaw dropped just looking at Jesus and I felt like I was there for an hour Mm. I think it was 10 minutes <laughs> and I eventually come back down and my buddies come over to me and they're like, Hey man, like, is everything okay? You're right. Like what happened? And I was like, well, this is real. I'm going to be Catholic. <laughs> and I remember that night I was telling some other friends, just kind of the whole story with the boat. And I had a friend who she mentioned, she's like, well, wait a second. Like, can you describe the storm to me? And I said, sure. I was like, it was, it was just complete rain cover. You couldn't really see anything. Um, there were two clouds, two colors of clouds, like a gray and a really dark blue, like a dark gray and a dark blue, but they weren't mixed. They were kind of touching each other. Mm -hmm. um, and then she goes, were there like flashes of like lightning, but not actual lightning, like light trying to break through? And I was like, um, I, I guess I didn't think about it, but yeah, how do you know that? <laughs> and she goes, well, I went up to the monstrance before you. And I'm like, oh, gosh, okay. <laughs> she said, I went to the Montrance before you, and I've been really struggling with the Lord recently because I've really wanted something big like to happen this semester. I've been praying for some big conversion, some, some depth in my faith, and like um, some big moment from, for, to happen for me um, for this year and, and for this semester. And she's like, nothing has really happened, and I was really frustrated with the Lord. And I went up there, and I'm in this 
in my prayer, I'm in this bridal gown, and, and I'm the bride of Christ, and I'm looking at Jesus, and all of a sudden, I see that exact storm behind Jesus coming towards him. And I immediately started praying for you when I saw that. I was like, what? <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and ironically enough, like a couple weeks later, um, she ended up mentioning, she's like, well, do you feel like you're still in the storm? And I was like, well, no, I, I feel like I'm, 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 I know where I'm headed now. Like it's mm -hmm. not, there's no storm that's blocking that decision. She's like, I know my destination. You know, it's it's the Eucharist, it's it's the church, it's it's uh, confirmation, and um, she's like, yeah, she's like, do you feel like the veil was torn? I was like, absolutely. Mm. Um, crazy enough too. I mean, I ended up like now I am almost two years into dating that woman, and uh, <laughs> um, I guess I was part of that conversion for her that she had been praying for, mm. um, in some sense. But yeah. Uh, that is why I am Catholic. Wow. Thank you so <laughs> wow. much for sharing, bro. Um, so how does that That's translate to you becoming a focused missionary? Like you go from there, that was 2020. Here we are in 2022 yeah. and you're a full blown focused missionary. Holy Spirit man. works fast. He does. He does. Especially when you're open to it. Mm. That's the thing. Mm. Um, I think like swallowing a lot of my pride during that, that spring semester, understanding that, wow, I could be wrong. This could be right. And, I mean, dying to myself, still swallowing a lot of pride even to this day, but mm. um, I think a big part of it was I, I kind of, I, I had created a really good relationship with one of the missionaries there. I mean, really good, especially because COVID had happened. So like I mm. got confirmed in the middle of COVID um, <laughs> on Easter of 2020 and I was the only person in mass <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, uh. yeah, there's that, but um I think a big part of it was like, I, I knew I wanted to be a missionary, like before I even got confirmed mm. <laughs> and not necessarily like, I didn't, I knew I wanted to do ministry, but I didn't really know what that looked like. Um, yeah. And, uh, I guess understanding the way that focus did mission and, and the way they actually discipled, because I, I had been in this, I had been leading guys in discipleship for a while, but it never really felt like an actual formation. It just felt like we talked. It was like almost like a counseling session mm. versus, um, an actual formation and an actual growth and an actual friendship. Like people didn't hang out with the, with each other. Like it was just like, Oh, we meet once a week. Kind of, if you want, if you want to, there was no like strict anything. You just, mm. if you were in a group, you just did it. And I was like, that's not, it's not discipleship. I don't like this. Like mm. we're letting everyone in be a leader when they should not be a leader. They should not be leading other people. Mm. Um, but yeah, I remember, you know, I, I actually went through the summer and I was, I started dating. So I was like, okay, well maybe I don't want to do it. Maybe I want to be here another year so I can be with her. And, um, cause I had to apply pretty soon. Cause I think the deadline was September and I was like, well, I mean, I could, I could get a job in, in our, in Millsville and stay here for another year and, and just, be fine with that. But I also desired to grow. I, mm -hmm. I wanted to learn more. And that was a big part of why I actually became a missionary was because not only for the, the ability to teach men how to actually be men, um, which is a big part of it, like teach boys to be men. Um, that's masculinity is dying in our culture. Um, and I don't know, like that's part of it. And I remember in part of my uh, application, they asked me, he's like, how has the relationship changed with Jesus in the last six months? And my first sentence was, well, I eat him now. And, uh, <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah. So I, I think that like, I always desired to do something like 
with ministry, but I, I didn't know what that was. And when I saw focus and I saw the formation that focus was able to give and I saw that like, there's so many people in focus and I'm not really worried. I don't really care what I do as a job. Um, in the sense that as long, cause I'm going to be doing mission no matter what. Right. It's not something that just dies, but, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, focus was just the, the, the next best thing for me. Um, to grow spiritually, to grow um, theologically, and mm. just, I mean, it has been, especially with Dylan, like, coming in, like, I feel like every time I've come back to uh, to Brookings, Dylan's been sick with COVID, <laughs> so I've had to stay at a friend's house. I remember when I got here in August, like, right in July, he was sick with COVID, and I stayed at the neighbor's house, and now I disciple two of those guys, and, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, he's like, how do you pray a holy hour? I was like, oh! So the, we've been talking for 20 minutes. I don't even know you, but yeah, let's talk about it. Let's pray tomorrow. We started praying every day for two weeks after that. And, and now he prays the holy hour. And I'm like, okay, sweet. <laughs> like, it's like, we can't lead people who don't pray because if you're not being led by Christ, we can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I can't lead you unless you be led by Christ first. And, and I think that's a big part. Like we've kind of pushed this year is, is mm -hmm. prayer. Um, because if you're not praying, if you're not sitting in silence with the Lord and allowing him to actually form your heart, but also allowing him to love you and receiving that, there's nothing I can teach you. Mm. Like, yeah, sure. You can grow, you can grow head knowledge. You can grow theologically, but like, that's not relationally. That's not like, yeah, you can know about Jesus, but do you actually know Jesus? Do you actually have mm. a relationship where you sit in silence and you just let him love you? Because when we receive Jesus, we're loving him back. Like worthy bride, the woman receive, gives love by receiving it. And it's like when we can receive, because we're the bride of Christ, when we're receiving Jesus, the Eucharist, confession, we're receiving this love, we're able to love him back. And I think that we, we complicate this so much. It's just like, all you have to do is show up. All you have to do is show up. And you're doing it. And you're doing it. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. Prayer was a big part of, like, I never really saw my Protestant brothers and sisters praying. I'm not saying that they didn't, but it was just, we didn't have a chapel and we didn't mm. have, we didn't have that. Um, but yeah. Mm. Yeah. As we wrap up any final thoughts that you have one word of encouragement, um, that's on your heart right now. Word of encouragement. Hmm. I mean, like I just said, I think everything comes down to prayer. If you're not praying, I, like, I encourage you to start with five minutes a day. Don't pray more than that. Pray five minutes a day in silence, looking at a crucifix, mm. contemplating the mystery of God mm. and letting him love you and do that for six weeks. Do it for Lent. And then if you want to add five minutes a week, add five minutes a week, but start with five. Mm. Um, prayer changes your attitude. It doesn't change your circumstance, but it changes your attitude towards the circumstance. Mm. And I think that, that's, I mean, we have to change our attitude. So, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Prayer. Show up. Disposition. Five Show minutes up. a day. Start Start small and increase from there. I love it. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Amen. Well, thanks so much for being with us today, Cody. Yeah. Um, that was amazing. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Really Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking with someone who is well on their vocation story. And he's just going to tell us more about that. So stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. <laughs> 